HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. The great state of Wisconsin is home to the only master cheesemaking program outside of Switzerland. Learn more about Wisconsin's cheesemaking history at wisconsincheese.com. This week on Meat and 3, we celebrate good news in the food world, from record-setting butter sculptures to the latest discoveries in crop cultivation. I think it was back in 2015. It was 2,370 pounds, and it was a Paris landscape. And so that became the Guinness World Record butter sculpture. We don't understand everything about the world. So plant breeding also lets us work with all the unknown, maybe discovered along the way. And we hear from the beloved chef and disaster relief organizer, Jose Andres. Well, World Central Kitchen, we're an organization that we like to be the first ones on the ground. And more often than not, we are the last ones on the ground. Tune in to Meet and 3, Heritage Radio Network's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Grape Nation, your weekly wine journey. Our guest is Elena Corrado Viete. We'll talk to Elena about Nebbiolo, Barolo, Viete, and a lot more. We'll taste a little uh, Viete that Eleanor brought in. I'm your host, Sam Ben Ruby. Stay with us for the Grape Nation on the Heritage Radio Network. We bring wine to the people. Elena Corrado Viete is partner at Viete and wife of winemaker Luca Viete. Viete is one of the oldest producers in Barolo with an impressive list of vineyard sites in the region. They have also played an important role in crew Barolos and the survival of Arnais. Arnais? How do you pronounce it? Yes, Arnais. Arnais. <laughs> Welcome to the Great Nation, Elena. Thank you for having me today. Thank yeah. you for uh, sitting down with us. I'm very excited. You are in New York City today. Uh, for a portfolio tasting of your yes. wines. 
Um, I want to give our listeners a little background on you and Viette. Yes. So first, tell me about your journey in life and wine <laughs> that got you to where you are today, which is heavily involved, you know, yes. in the Viette family. And then after that, I want you to tell me a little of the history yeah. of Viette. But actually, is uh, we have to go back uh, 25 years ago. Okay. Uh, when uh, because this year is the 25th anniversary for me and Luca, so we. We got married in 94, and we were very young, actually. I was 23, and uh, till that moment, uh, actually, my, my, my life in the wine world was not uh, so much as uh, is today, but my family was always in the hospitality, so we always had a bar, uh, cafe, not, not restaurant, but more cafe. Right. So I was not directly completely involved in wine, but it's been always... Uh, uh, my passion uh, to you know to deal uh, to serve <laughs> right. to customer uh, wines. So when I met Luca and we got married very young, uh, I started to be of course much more involved, uh, and I started to also to tasted the good stuff and uh, since that time uh, actually was very difficult to go back not only the eight I mean uh, the right. good stuff uh, was always difficult to to go back to something that was not uh, you know of good quality so basically I, I as I said always I learn uh, in the field I don't know if it's correct to say with uh, Luca uh, next to Luca uh, which is, uh, of course, the winemaker and, uh, and the farmer. The wine, and the farmer. Uh, <clears throat> but I always took care much more uh, about the, I mean, the commercial part of the, the business, business and uh, the welcoming part, uh, which is uh, for us very important. Hospitality. And, uh, hospitality, which is very important uh, uh, in the winery. Um, we have two kids. Uh, right now, one is 19 and the other is 17. So since uh, till five, six years ago, I was traveling, but not traveling so much. I was uh, much more home to take care also right. about, the, I mean, for, about the family and not only the, the, the winery with Luca, but the family. So it's really in the last five, six years that I started to um, travel much more. So my, my journey is Depends. If I'm at home, I wake up very early right. <laughs> and I go straight to the winery and can be office uh, things uh, or uh, welcoming guests for any part of uh, the world. Maybe also deliver some wines uh, to some customers uh, around uh, the area. So it depends. It's a family affair. And so right. you need to do a little bit of uh, everything. You have to do to be uh, versatile, as right. uh, I like to say. So tell me about, I, you have two kids. Mm -hmm. You know, they're getting older. Yeah. Um, what about Luca and siblings? Are there a lot of brothers, sisters, cousins? No, I mean? uh, no actually, Luca has uh, two sisters, okay. uh, but they are not uh, involved, involved uh, no, in the winery. What about their uh, kids? It, no, nobody okay. is involved in the winery. So it's me and uh, Luca, basically. Right. My, my mother-in-law is uh, retired. My father-in-law passed away uh, around 10 years ago. And right. so we are, me and Luca, that uh, now carry on... Uh, everything yeah. <laughs> and it's not simple but we will try to do every day well, our well, best we'll, to we'll talk I about mean, that a little um luke is actually back 
in Italy because it's harvest yes, time. Yes, it's harvest time. And you're Very in New important. York because this is also an important time no, for I mean, the wines for the see, for trade. The, the promotion is very important because I think, uh, of course, uh, Barolo region right now has a huge uh, number of visitors and, and I mean, uh, tourists coming to visit our area. But uh, it's not enough. Uh, the promotion right. uh, of our wines, uh, of the wines of the region, needs to be done uh, in U.S. Uh, in all all over. Uh, right. I, we I, cannot be. I mean, uh, uh, we cannot have the presumption that uh, ah, now Barol is known. Uh, everybody comes, and we do not move from our area to I to agree. go and sell and uh, share the, right. the the history and share the. Uh, I mean, T- well. Now that you said history, um, Bar- uh, Viete mm-hmm. is a storied Barolo house. Um, tell me a little about the history. See, you the, had mentioned Luca's dad had passed away years ago see, and his father. It's set, been, set it's it up been for me. Viete is the family name of my mother in law's side, uh, family actually. Um, as a date of birth of Vieti, we always say 1873 because this is a tangible de- de- date because we have a tangible bottles of Barolo we right. found uh, in our <laughs> winery. But we can say that uh, Vieti probably, probably, not probably, uh, we have traces of Vieti producing wines not sold by bottle but by barrels uh, already back uh, before the 1873. Really? Uh, so we are the fifth generation today. Um, we always continue to carry the name Vietti because Vietti has been known since a very long time, even if my uh, father-in-law was Alfredo Currado. That's why always Currado Vietti because ah. uh, Alfredo married Luciana Vietti, was an ologist, and he started to work uh, in the family business. So when they started to work, when he started to work with Luciana, uh, Vietti started to be sold uh, no more only in Italy, but uh, uh, they started also to export uh, Vietti uh, because, uh, and one of the first actually <laughs> market uh, and country in which uh, they started to export was really US because part of the family has a background in US. And this is uh, why we are So very, they were comfortable with the market. We were comfortable with the market because uh, the Lucas' grandma was born in Quincy, ah. Massachusetts. And okay. so because uh, there were two brothers in the family back in the past, uh, but there was not enough uh, work for both of them. So one stayed uh, to take care of the family business and the other studied engineering in Torino and immigrate in Boston to find a fortune. But uh, <laughs> happened that uh, in 1915, the brother at home passed uh, unexpectedly uh, uh, passed away. And so the family from Boston need to come back ah. to Piemont. So I think they were one of the few immigrants uh, to US that they came back. Uh, yeah. Poorer than when they they, right. they, they left uh, right. uh, Piemonte, but so and but in that time, uh, Luca's grandma was born in Quincy. So when she came back, uh, she was already four, and uh, she was feeling a little bit uh, American always. No, it was <laughs> uh, sort of in her blood. See, yeah, sort of in that's her, very in funny. Her, how yeah, and that that's she was why born one of the first markets in which Alfredo and Luciana wanted to export, beside the immediate, uh, I mean, Germany and Switzerland, because we are very close by, was. Uh, 
America. So the export part for VAT has been always a very important uh, aspect. And that's why we travel a lot, uh, me, Luca, normally not together, so we can right. be more efficient. Cover more ground, <laughs> sure. Cover, cover more ground, but yes. But in this moment, Luca is home because it's, uh, of course, uh, right. very busy time. Very busy time. Talk to me about where Viete is located. Uh-huh. Uh, Vieti is located in Castiglione Falletto, which is uh, one of the 11 villages of the Barolo area, where is, uh, of course, allowed to produce uh, Barolo. Um, is uh, actually, together with Barolo, uh, Castiglione and Barolo are really the two villages in the art uh, right. of the Barolo area, where all the vineyards completely inside the Barolo area. It's a medieval, a medieval village, as most of the <laughs> villages of the Barolo region, uh, where uh, you have always a castle on top. Uh, right. uh, very very picturesque, yeah. Ve- exactly. Yeah. Uh, landscape is uh, really incredible and beautiful. Our wineries is right in the center of so the So I was going to ask, in Castiglione, in the winery, Fanetto, the offices, exactly. Everything. do is, you live around there? We have basically, when if you will come to Castiglione, you will see it's right in the center of the village where there is the castle, the square of the castle, and there we have the winery, which is built all uh, underground, so... Uh, five basically different many many floors. years ago it was built or it's but been yes, updated no 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 this was uh, back in the way, in okay. a, way so like way, original we have a, a part of the winery which is actually dated back the 1400s so Jesus. very old part and then of course in the 80s it was made the first big enlargement and the last big development of the winery was 2007 2006-2007 so I mean right now we cannot do anything else in the center because we excavate we dipped uh, right. you dug <laughs> down everything where, underneath. where we could. Uh, <laughs> There's nowhere so, to go. And so our house is next door, so we do not drive to go to the right. office or to the winery. So it's very also, the, the location is very magical because uh, you are right, uh, you brief the history, you brief the history of the village, you brief the history of the also medieval is, time. Is Castiglione one of the bigger villages? or Not, not one no. of the bigger villages. Okay. Uh, because the biggest village in the Barolo region uh, are uh, Bella Morra, uh, Monforte, and uh, Barolo. Right. Castiglione is one of the, right. we can say, the smallest. But uh, I, I, I might say is in the center of right. the, at least the location. Of the Barolo, of Barolo area. It has uh, a lot of important historical crews, if you think about uh, Villero or Rocca di Castiglione, because among the 11 villages of the Barolo region, of course, uh, there are some where... Uh, there are the majority of the big name of the vineyards. Right. And Castiglione, for sure, is one is, of these. Then one there of is Monforte, uh, Barolo, uh, La Morra, uh, Serralunga, Novello. Right. So All great names. Six, seven villages are, let's say, the villages of the Barolo area where there are the majority of the uh, right. most important MGA crew. No, right. We'll people. talk about crew yeah. in a minute. I want you to explain in a minute. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you about something quickly. You were a little hesitant, but I want you to do more of an update for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may be, it was a good thing and it may be a trend, but Viete took in a partner, sold a few years ago. Um, tell me the most important reason why Viete, you know, you talked about the history, decided 
um, to but, partner uh, with a seller? First of all, I think that uh, everybody can open Google and uh, and read anything what has been wrote about these uh, things. What I can say is uh, that uh, basically was um, probably a family reason uh, and uh, as many family business in the area uh, that, uh, you know, they, they have different people involved in right. different generation. Uh, I mean, you arrive uh, pulling probably, from different directions. Exactly. So we had the chance uh, and good chance to have, uh, for me, one uh, for us, one of the best uh, uh, partner today. And uh, we are, uh, I mean... Uh, happy about this uh, was not an easy decision but has been taken and so the uh, Krauss right now, family shares your yeah, vision see, of course uh, we right. will never have done uh, such they le- things leave uh, you alone to do we will never have made such things without having this uh, I mean uh, uh, n- let's say condition no? because uh, for me and for Luca especially Vietti is uh, family and uh, for right. us will continue to be like but so this. is Krauss so they involve, family uh, they involve, so they understand See, si, sure, right. they are. They let us act uh, as uh, we were doing before. Of course, uh, also with some more uh, availability of uh, money. Because, right. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's important because in an area like Barolo, the property, the vineyard sites are the most important thing. And if si. they become available, if you want to continue quality or grow in a good way, si, in this way and we the can, prices uh, have yeah, shot the, up, the, right? the, Of course, uh, the, the possibility to have uh, availability to purchase, if it comes available, because uh, you know it's not simple to have a cruise, a Grand <laughs> Cru or Grand, Grand, Grand MGA available for purchasing. But uh, in this way, if uh, it happens, uh, we can, uh, we should be able, and uh, at the same time not uh, compromise the quality of the wine because uh, we can continue to, I mean, uh, to, to invest the same uh, quantity of money or uh, act in the same way in the vineyards or in the cellar to continuously having uh, the great quality. So it's because not about increasing you, production no, when you invest, or changing uh, no. the style to no, cater exact, to an no, audience. No, no, not at all. Uh, it's not, a, it's not a secure... It's security and uh, is uh, because if you spend two millions of euros per hectare in a vineyard, maybe you have to make some, uh, s- let's say, saving some money for, I don't know, for the production, for in the, in the cellar, no? This uh, doesn't happen because right. uh, so I think it's a great opportunity to have, uh, of course, uh, the accessibility, if possible, to right. buy more vineyards, uh, more Grand Cru vineyards, eh? Grand MGA vineyards, right. uh, but continue to have the possibility to invest. <laughs> That's uh, important. The, the, the important heavy money for. You know, working in uh, working the vineyards and working in the cellar because uh, vineyard is important. But then there is the work in the vineyards and the, the work in the cellar. And work in the vineyards is very expensive, right? Because everything is uh, done, of course, uh, by hand. Right, the old-fashioned <laughs> so. way. Um, one of the great things about Viette is that it's an incredible value. It's the wines year in year out, vintage in vintage out, are terrific. And they're not these crazy prices, which is nice. I mean, it varies. See, it varies. But I mean, with, with with 
a new seller, I mean, your intention is not to raise No, prices. no, no, but uh, we have the, the capability of uh, having, um, you know, around today, around 37, 30 day, 30 day hectares that we completely work uh, directly. Those uh, you own? See, not all, not all. but most you, of them, you, 30, you around 30, and we control right. this other seven, eight. Uh, what I, what personally we think uh, uh, is important at Vietti is uh, that when you open the range of our wines, uh, of course you see the big important name uh, like uh, Rocche, Brunate, Lazzarito, Villero, uh, but for us, and these are very important for sure, but uh, for me one of the most important part of Vietti is that we have wines uh, for you know more affordable prices yes. which have uh, a quality which is unique because we have the capability of having these vineyards working the, directly this vineyard and do the quality also in the entry level wines as we want and this for us uh, is extremely very important because uh, if you want to reach more people and if you want to have more people starting to drink wines uh, you cannot start uh, with the no. The, the, the most expensive wine right. because uh, you, young people need to be introduced uh, right. with something else. And, and so, you have that range. And if uh, the quality of the wines on the entry-level wines is, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> of great impact, of course, uh, then uh, in the future those people will be able to, if they will have, uh, I mean, uh, they the will possibility be, or they want, they can have uh, more expensive, They will be Vieti drinkers wine. for life. So the idea of Vieti is really to be accessible at any level. Level. And not only for, I mean, a big occasion or big anniversary right. or big events. And we'll talk about the wines. Yeah. And when you talk about them, everyone so will understand. So it's important to have the control in the vineyards and to have the capability and the possibility to have access to so many different uh, vineyards around uh, help uh, really to have the possibility to have really different kind of labels uh, at uh, having a control on the quality, eye control in the quality on uh, That's all of the them. most important thing. Um, let's talk about Barolo as a region and then we'll talk about Viette and the wines. Um, you know, like you said, you've been around 25 years. What kind of changes See, have I've you... been I've been around 25 in the Barolo, right. but I'm, I'm from no, the no. Irish. You're, <laughs> you're not old by any stretch. You're beautiful, you know. But yes, you are, you've been around your experience. Um, what changes have you seen in Barolo? But, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. One of them we just talked about. You know, See, people are coming in by... But what else? Culturally? Or, but of course... Uh, uh, one of the, the biggest changements uh, right now is probably the UNESCO, the World Heritage. Uh, Explain the, what that is. The, the World Heritage is, uh, you know... The, they the, they the determine the area as, as a UNESCO as, area? As UN, UNESCO and area. that means And what? this was uh, June 2016, sorry, yes, June 2016. So all the Barolo area... So what does that mean when they come in and do that? So UNESCO comes and in and declares... They, you, you apply, so there are other areas... Right. The world, no, that apply yeah. to this uh, world uh, heritage, to the UNESCO, and uh, if you have uh, history, you know, the beautiful uh, sceneries or something that needs to be preserved uh, and something that is uh, unique and repeatable uh, around the world, 
of course, it's not simple, it takes uh, some time, but if they say yes, you are within uh, among the best places of the world. In the world. And so this is something that uh, really was, uh, I mean, was fantastic because right. uh, the area started to be known, of course, for the wines, but not only because wines is one of the most important uh, uh, attraction, attraction, but we have uh, such an amazing uh, landscape, such an amazing uh, uh, area, region, villages, uh, history, that uh, and food. I mean, right. <laughs> food is uh, so the is UNESCO big, thing has really created, I guess, created recognition an attraction, and an recognition, attraction. attraction, and uh, I mean, personally, I realized that the tourism in the last years. Uh, is for wine, but is also a little bit also for a family, you know? Before was a long weekend. Today we have right. uh, one week, people that come for a week of vacation uh, and they spend uh, time uh, going around uh, all the area. Maybe they go to Turin, which is very beautiful. Right. We are two hours late. Use less that as a base, Milano. visit they the wineries, the food, exactly, and then to travel. Go, to go then uh, to travel. It's, we are one it's hour. a destination now are, beyond I, just visiting wineries. I mean, I consider as I consider me personally very lucky because I live in a place where I can go skiing in one hour <laughs> and swim in one hour. <laughs> so we are in Liguria. Sounds like New York. You can go to the ocean or you go to the mountains. You are one hour from Liguria yeah. Sea, which is, I mean, uh, fantastic. And we are one hour from the Alps. So it's really, and we are one hour from Torino, two hours from Milano. So it's very quiet, very unique, very intimate uh, area. But uh, connected, I always say to, to the world, connected because we are very close to many attractions and connected because uh, we have a lot of people coming uh, and visit us. It's not a huge as Toscany, Piemonte, so that the, and the Barolo region is very the tiny. The future of Barolo is the growth in a but good way of that. In a good good way, restaurants, hotels. See, but uh, cannot tourism. grow like, because the spaces uh, are like this. So the, the spaces, uh, the Barolo region is very small. I've been in Toscany last week, uh, so the spaces are completely different. Do you, do you no? worry that it'll become too commercial? or? Mm, that, I mean, there can be also the possibility because uh, seeing uh, all this growing of tourism and also the request of visit we have sometimes of big groups that in the past were very rare. Right. And right now, all big groups of sommelier or uh, wine lover, collectors, but I mean, big groups. And most, like like us, we have a, a tasting room which can fit 10 people seated That's and 12 <laughs> standing. No? So we cannot do more than this uh, person. And when you receive, ah, oh, we are 20, 20 feet, uh, maybe that, it's, it's starting uh, to change so that way. It's starting to change in that way. Do so, you, will you have to change? No, Enlarge I think, the tasting Ma, room or? for the moment we do not have any kind of space I mean, you couldn't uh, if you right for the moment no there is not not the intention and uh, I mean uh, this has been always uh, something that for us because the visits at Vieti are a lot but uh, I mean this is what we have and we cannot do for the moment differently so I think there will be not this uh, much more commercial uh, Tourism, right. always very focused. Also because the area, the attraction are not, uh, is very different from Tuscany. Tuscany has also Florence, Siena, 
Uh, they were, pra- it's wrapped uh, around big cities exactly. an hour, hour and For a half away. Is right. food, You're there, wine, that's it. Right. In tiny villages, that's but, it. The biggest uh, villages. Some people love that. Yeah. You know. So we need people that comes to Piemonte and normally come because they are very interested and they want to come for the quietness, the beautiful sceneries, and the food and the wine. Food in Piemonte is all around Italy, for sure. Truffles and wine. Truffles and wine. So we have, uh, I mean, a lot of good um, attraction in terms of food and wine. It's it's a uh, true uh, wine region in that sense. Farmers and, and, you know, wineries that have been there a long time. I want to talk about Viette wines. But before, I want you to kind of frame the terroir and the climate of the region. Mm -hmm. Now, I realize there's microclimates and east and west, south facing, but generally... See, uh, and when I was saying uh, we are lucky to be there, why we are lucky? Because... uh, uh, to make wine in, in, in Barolo is easier than to make wine in other parts uh, of Italy or of the world. Why? Is a, is a, a privilege, uh, is, um, no, sorry, uh, is a, we have the fortune really that we are uh, one hour from you the You have Alps the good fortune that you have. And we are one hour from the seaside. So the microclimate that we have in our area is fantastic because we have the fresh air coming from the Alps, big Alps that right. are surrounding all the, all the area. And we have the influence of the air coming from the seaside. So we will ne- normally, even if the global warming is happening, because it's, it is happening, it is, it is happening. The fortune of our region is also in the uh, warmer uh, vintages, in the warmer year, to have this beautiful influence of the fresh air coming from the mountains. So we can have a very warm day, but cool temperature in the night. And this is the perfect weather condition, climate for growing big red varieties like uh, the Nebbiolo. The need for water or rain, I mean, that's that's uh, not an issue? The, my, uh, the, the, the thing is that our land is, uh, um, and this, this is, uh, you know, what, what benefits also when it's a more a warmer year, uh, can have a lot of snow in the winter time. So our winter can be very severe. <laughs> so we have, we can have also, I mean, Depends on the years, but one meter, two meters wow. uh, on all the winter time of uh, snow. And this is incredibly important because create sure. a great water reserve in the land to be used then during or facing maybe some warmer uh, period. Right. So also when uh, there are year where we, like 2003, for example, that we had some, uh, one of the most uh, warmest, uh, when we had uh, really high temperature, the, the vineyard, the plant never suffered or dryness of dryness because always had a great, uh, important water reserve in the soil that helped to face. So of, even in the toughest of conditions. The toughest condition. So, of course, the, the, the method in the, of the working in the vineyard has changed also in the years because uh, <laughs> as a viticulture, as a farmer, you need to adapt. 
your work to what is happening uh, sure. uh, on your uh, the climate, the uh, soil, exactly. the weather. But one of the of the conditions that help a lot our region is to be very close to the mountains, to have a lot of snow in the winter time, to have also rain during the, I mean, part so of tell the springtime that create a very good uh, water reserve. So tell me about the soils. Is there, within all your properties and crews, is there a diversity of soils? Well, of or, course. But in the area, is it generally a clay, limestone, See, marl? clay, calcareous, uh, limestone. Uh, That's the general. The general. Right. Then uh, you have to think about the Barolo region as... Uh, we can say three hills and two different valleys, where there was uh, really the these hills coming out uh, from the water because uh, millions of years ago the Barolo region was covered by the water. So this uh, part wow. <laughs> of the hills, uh, each part of the hills came out in uh, a different moment. If you think about the hills of Serralunga, um, Castiglione or Monforte compared to the uh, hill of La Morra or Barolo, so... Castiglione, La Morra, Castiglione, Monforte and Serralunga are the oldest. Right. If you think about La Morra, uh, is the youngest. And that's why in La Morra, for example, there is a higher concentration of sand, or also in Barolo, compared to Castiglione, Monforte or Serralunga. And that's why you can taste then these right. also in the wines, right. where you have a lot of elegance that's in La Morra, a lot of finesse, uh, much more feminine, rounder wines. When you comes to Monforte or Castiglione or Serralunga, uh, the wines are much bigger, intense, and rich. Uh, and Barolo is uh, area itself is uh, a older area compared to Barbaresco, right? Which is younger, and that's why Barbaresco. Well, also I was. Well, I'm going to ask you to tell me the difference between that, but stay with me for a second. Um, we have to take a quick break. Mm. Um, I'm talking to Elena Corrado Viete. Um, you're listening to The Grape Nation. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. Did you know that 90% of Wisconsin's milk is made into cheese? And this is not just any milk. When Swiss, German, and Italian cheesemakers first settled into Wisconsin, they chose their new home because of the special terroir of the region. Its soil and water are nurtured by the goodness of glacial sediment, and those elements lend themselves to the very best milk. Today, Wisconsin produces 25% of all cheeses made in the U.S., and Wisconsin cheeses have won more awards than any other state or country in the world. How did they do it? Wisconsin cheesemakers combine their heritage and tradition with nonstop innovation. They were the first state to establish cheese grade standards and the first to require that every cheese plant be overseen by a licensed cheesemaker. Wisconsin is the only place outside of Europe where one can pursue an elite master cheesemaker certification. All of these impeccably high standards mean Wisconsin produces more than 48% of the nation's specialty cheese. Join Heritage Radio Network on Monday, November 11th for a raucous feast to toast a decade of food radio. Our 10th anniversary Bacchanal is a rare gathering of your favorite chefs, mixologists, storytellers, thought leaders, and culinary masterminds. We'll salute the inductees of the newly minted HRN Hall of Fame, who embody our mission to further equity, sustainability, and deliciousness. Explore the beautiful Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe, 
taste and imbibe to your heart's content, and bid on once-in-a-lifetime experiences and tasty gifts for any budget at our silent auction. Tickets available now at heritageradionetwork.org slash gala. All right, we're back. We're back with my guest, Eleanor Corrado Viete. Um, we have still a lot to talk about, and you were just getting into the interesting stuff. Um, you have vineyard sites all over the region. Yes. And yeah. I think that's important because you started talking about See, all the we, differences we, in them. What, why is it so important to have multiple properties <laughs> other than making a million different wines? Uh, allora, this, uh, this uh, multiple property of vineyards, uh, this uh, collection, as uh, we like to call, because it's a kind of collection of vineyards, uh, goes back a very long time ago. It uh, was uh, our great-grandfather that was really one of the visionary of, of the family, first of anything else, but also a visionary in the region, because what he did, uh, this was the... The, the person that came back from U.S. Right. So when he arrived back to Piemonte, to, to, the, to Castiglione Falletto, actually he, was, uh, he, was, he spent 20 years in U.S., he, was, he studied engineer, so was, uh, his mind was quite of uh, open mind. So when, uh, when he arrived back home, he said, how I can do the best wine, how I can do the best quality wine, having the best vineyard. So there is uh, the only one recipe, no? Uh, so he started to do what? Not only to have vineyards in Castiglione Falletto, which were vi- easier, of course, to work, to, you know, to go because you were there. And that's it. No, he started to go around the villages of the Barolo region and put a flag. <laughs> I mean, buying or renting, where it was not possible to, was, right, to buy, the good position, because at that time were known like the good position, the good vineyards, not crew or MGA, no, the good position, the good vineyard. So he started really to go around in Saralunga, in Monforte, in Barolo, in La Morra, and bought little bit some of the big name that today are Rock, by Rock in Castiglione, or Lazzarito, or Brunate. Were other then, wineries doing that, or that was his vision? But actually, it was considered kind of crazy. Crazy. I like have what? to say that the na- your... nickname in Langa was Crazy Americano, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, for everybody in the area... Smart. Was, uh, you stay where time. you are, right. See, it was right. wasting time because uh, at that time there were no tractors and no, and no cars, so he was doing a round to do the work in the vineyards with horses or walking. So he was considering a person wasting his time. And in fact, if you think about the historical important wineries of the region, most of them, they have vineyards around the winery because it was easier to work Typically. and is easier today to work because... Uh, to have all these 37 hectares spread out uh, everywhere, in the 37 hectares we have also the, Barber- the Asti area and the Arnaise, so the Roero region. I mean, is a, a kind of uh, work <laughs> to go around right. and organize. But, but I think it. <laughs> that that was a great visionary that the family, so all the members, the other generation, continue to, you know, to follow. So everywhere was the possibility to buy or to rent some vineyards, we did, and not exclusively in Castiglione Falletto. This give us today uh, 17 actually different MGA, different menzione geografica aggiuntiva, different crews so for Barolo. I, I need you to explain to me in the audience, mm-hmm. you, Viete, sort of innovated Crew Barolo in 
or had sí. a, a strong hand in it. Sí. Explain to people what a crew Barolo is. Alors, what, what, what makes it a crew? Sí. A MG, you call it? Sí, we say, and now we, we should use, uh, of course, much more the word Menzione Geografica Aggiuntiva, which is the name of the vineyard. Uh, before Menzione Geografica Aggiuntiva were used or is used also still uh, to make people understand because Burgundy teaches. So the crew as, in Barolo is, is the vineyard the designate. Vineyard. The, exactly. Right. And so uh, my father-in-law, Alfredo, was one of the first in 61 to make a, a separate vinification of a single vineyard together with the colla that uh, at that time was owning the winery Prunotto. So they were the two very first winemakers that they decided to go a little bit uh, on the opposite of the tradition because the tradition was to make Barolo all blended, no? blend of different right. vineyards. So 61, he decided to take the Rocche, di Castiglione Falletto and make a separate vinification. That was the first? The first one, 61. So that expressed that particular parcel. Particular parcel, particular uh, vineyard, but part of that vineyard because uh, uh, we do not own all the rocche from Castiglione Falletto. So parcel of uh, that vineyard that we own. And uh, Beppe Colla did this for the Bussia. At that time, his winery was the Pronoto wine. So it was very shocking, very, I mean, innovative, strange, was very disgusting idea. But then, little by little, this idea was followed because the beauty of the Barolo area is, of course, to have today, after 2010, when we have this beautiful map of all the classification of the name of the vineyards, not the Grand Cru, Premier Cru, or Village, the the name, uh, really to have among these uh, more than 180 listed vineyards, wow. 17 of the most important, because in all these designated vineyards are not all the top, right. the, like anywhere. Say the Grand Cru, there are some, right. <laughs> maybe that you count in 25, less than 30, right. on these, uh, among these, uh, we have access to 17. So we have access to 17 of these uh, good vineyards, uh, Menzione Geografica Aggiuntiva, designated vineyards. Uh, and these are all uh, the, you know, the big name, expensive bottles of Barolo that uh, you find. Uh, so let's, let's talk about the lineup, the wines of Viette. Um, You had mentioned before how many different wines are you making? Uh, so you have this Barolo, Barberdasti, the Alba. We See, there is the word Nebbiolo, where we have the Barolo, where we have the Barbaresco also, because Barbaresco is Nebbiolo for Barolo. Uh, but so difference also, between Barbaresco and Barolo, you said it's a younger region. See, younger region of Barbaresco, then also, you know, sandier area, because it uh, was uh, coming out uh, later from the water. Of course, also, anyway, in the Barbaresco area, there are vineyards that are very, you know, kind of masculine vineyard eh? right. it's not uh, but in general Barbaresco is a little bit more has a little bit more finesse more elegance uh, refining uh, uh, the tannins are uh, softener uh, I think uh, probably 
the first approach is uh, Barbaresco and then maybe Barolo, but uh, I mean, is, uh, in the Barbaresco you can anyway find uh, some very good and strong uh, expression of right. masculine Barbaresco. So wait, you, we, you were implying if you're going to get into the wine, start with Barbaresco, then ma, Barolo. Uh, but, the, the idea this should is be for somebody just the, to, to train the palate. The, that's all needs, I'm saying. Yes. Is, if you're going to be logical yeah, about the, it, the, and the you're really palates logical. for people that start to drink or they want to start to drink Barolo Work is to your train way into the palate. Because now, what Nebbiolo, about? Uh, sorry. No, go ahead. Finish. No, no Nebbiolo is one of the most magical grape varietal, one of the most versatile uh, a, a, a varietal that uh, in, in the battle is. Uh, with the Barolo or the Barbaresco is changing, changing, changing. So I always say when people start to taste Barolo, they need to start to drink, to drink and to taste many times because to switch from a palate used to maybe drink more fruitier, bigger, uh, to move to Barolo is not simple. But I always say don't, I, I don't, agree. don't That's stop why I like to you the telling. first uh, uh, sip, no? You have really to train and train your palate, possibly also with some old vintages to, sh- to see how the evolution of Barolo is. But really, is a, a great variety that w- once you, you know, you get it, once you fell in love, it's very difficult to run away from, <laughs> sure. from, uh, now, from it. What about Barbera? Barbera is uh, the most, uh, beh, uh, of course, different grey varietal, but uh, this is more friendly, more versatile. Accessible. The food pairing is, uh, of course. Why is it more friendly and but versatile? What is it about the wine? The fruit is more fruit-driven uh, okay. wine. The Nebbiolo or the Barolo, the Barbaresco is more tannins-driven wines. Uh, then you have to think about the Barbera as a wine historically in the region, as a great varietal in the region that was one of the most popular in the 1800s because Barolo today is the king of the wine. Right, but in the 1800s... But in the 1800s, the way of making Barolo also was much different than today. Barolo was much more a wine fortified, more like a vermouth, porto more than vermouth, sorry, more like a porto wine. So it was very difficult to pair with food, so what Heavy. was used was used the Barbera. So Barbera in our area was really planted almost everywhere, leaving part of the area to Nebbiolo, of course, but not as is today. Today, if you come in the region, basically where it was possible to plant Nebbiolo for Barolo was planted, and where it's possible still today to plant Nebbiolo for Lange Nebbiolo, people they prefer to plant these uh, instead of uh, replanting Dolcetto or Barbera because uh, Nebbiolo is uh, on the label more, uh, create more appeal. For us, Barbera has been always an extremely important wine at Vietti. We have three Barbera d'Alba and two Barbera d'Asti, so means that... Difference uh, between Asti and Alba. Alba is, uh, if planted in the Barolo region as our Barberas because we have uh, by the Trevigne, which is the blended Barbera, so three different vineyards together. But then we have the Scarrone, Scarrone Vigna Vecchia, which are two single vineyards planted in the Barolo region, in Castiglione Falletto, in a, a menzione geografica, in a, a MGA, that could be Barolo. So our family since 1918 is using those vineyards 
for Barbera. So it's kind of crazy project. So if crazy. you think about this Barbera planted in the Barolo area, is of course uh, getting the best from the terroir of the of the region, and always is a Barbera very feminine, very round, very delicate, very sophisticated. When we go to the Asti area, where is the region for Barbera? Because here in Castiglione and all the 11 villages is Barolo, the big name. If you go in the Asti area, is the Barbera. So in the Asti region, you can find extremely very good Barbera Dasti because this is, uh, even if the production of Barbera Dasti can be higher and sometimes of uh, not uh, high quality because uh, right. it's huge, there are really... Well-made. Uh, yes, of course, because that is uh, their major important grey varietal. So we decided to invest in the Asti region in 1995. Fairly recently. Yes. Recently, why? Because the idea and the law for Barbera pushed us to go there because in our area it was impossible to find the quality of vineyards Right. We wanted to have. We were used to the Scarrone, to the Scarrone Vigna Vecchia, and it was impossible to find that kind of quality level vineyards. So we started, we moved in Asti, in Agliano d'Asti, and we bought uh, La Crena, which is one of uh, today's uh, more than 80 years old uh, vineyards. The, the youngest part was planted, the oldest part was planted in 1932. The youngest, 1935. So <laughs> it's pretty old. <laughs> pretty old. Yeah. So very, it's I great. mean, uh, gra- g- very important vineyard. Part of La Crena was replanted with, uh, of course, today still younger vines. And we use this vineyard, younger vineyard, for the Barbera Dusty Trevigne. Plus a selection of the old vineyard, La Crena, always for the Trevigne. So five labels of Barbera means that for Vieti Barbera is a big commitment. It's so, a big... Uh, Things. Let's go over all the labels. So Barolo, you're making... But Barolo we make for today, right. because then in the next year there will be two new entries. But we are every year, if the weather, the condition allows, we battle separately because the vinification of the 17 single vineyards we have is made all completely separately. The aging is made all completely separately. And this is very important very to, intensive. Un- to understand two other wines that we have, and I, I tell you later. After the aging part, for Barolo, we decide what to do. And generally, every year, historically, we battle separately Rocche di Castiglione, Lazzarito from Serra Lunga, Brunate from La Morra and Ravera from Novello. Plus we have Evillero, which is our reserva. Very important, very Not special. Not every year. Not every very year. Very infrequent, actually. Uh, from 82 till today, we did 13 times. Okay. So very, very, very rare wine. <clears throat> and then we have all the rest of the single vineyards that uh, have been kept separately. And what we do with these single vineyards? We decide the blend for the Barolo Castiglione and for the Perbacco Nebbiolo, Lange Nebbiolo. At that point, Castiglione is battled with this selection as a Barolo and the selection kept for the Perbacco is reclassified to be Lange Nebbiolo. So, Lange Nebbiolo Perbacco for Vieti is 
in our idea the entry level Barolo. So uh, let's talk about Probaco because it's important. You make a lot of it, and it's probably one of the uh, best best uh, value wine. Great, great value great wines. Value, it, it, yes. The heart of Viette, yeah. you know, is in that bottle. So <clears throat> Probaco is. It's classified as Lange. It's, it's reclassified <clears throat> as Lange Nebbiolo, but technically Lange Nebbiolo, illegally, not Barolo. No, but by choice. By choice. Yes. And the, the juice that goes into that is from everything we've been talking yes. about for See, the last not, 40 minutes. Ecco, a, not a Rocche, not Lazzarito, right. not Brunate, because these stays always... Those are separate, uh, yeah. right. But to give you an example, Ravera, which is a kind of big surface for Vietti, Ravera is for one third bottled as Ravera single vineyard and two thirds, the most of the two thirds used for the Castiglione Barolo. But some of the two thirds also sneak into for the Perbaco. Okay. So I mean, so, so the, some of the best, the best grapes the come best. into this you exactly. know, delicious and wine. The, and the blend of the Perbaco and the Castiglione, this is the beauty, is changing every year. Because we make a blind tasting. No formula. No, no formula. It's, it's vintage, seasonal. Vintage and wants to show both the Barolo Castiglione and the Perbacco the season, the vintage. How is the vintage? And that's Luca. That all falls on Luca. He decides. See, allora, the, the when we <coughs> taste, we taste basically all together. Then the formula, of course, is uh, always Luca that uh, pick. Uh, I'm always sometimes there to ruin the formula because. <laughs> when, when, what so, do you think? So, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> no. Right. Of <laughs> course. I mean, you live no. and breathe that. No. Um, anyway, the Perbac is really. Ecco, this is the P -E -R -B -A -C -C wine. P E R B A C C O. P E R B A C C O Perbacco per means uh, is an Italian expression to say wow mamma mia oh my god so that was an old that, family uh, reaction see it was my mother-in-law that gave the name to the wine because when Luca made the blend and gave her to taste she said ah this is the blend for the Barolo Castiglione and Luca said no this will be the blend for our Lange Nebbiolo so she said oh Perbacco wow Uh, this is, uh, I mean, too good, not to, right. to be a long and a beautiful. Right. But this is the idea, as I was explaining you before, to have wine that can train the palate and can introduce not only Vieti, but really the varietal right. to understand what is an abiolo. But the quality of Probacco is so good a, as it can an be, entry. It's a two years of aging right. uh, in cask, so the same until the... The aging part in cask has the same, let's say, treatment of a Barolo. Then it's bottled and sold one year before. Uh, it's a completely different concept of any other, other Langere Biolo. So it's a reclassification by purpose of a, a selection of cask of Barolo. So it's, I mean, it's, something... It's uh, a wine to look and out this, for. And uh, this, to have the Perbacco and the Castiglione, helps uh, for sure to have uh, all these different... Menzioni geografiche aggiuntive, all these MG8 then really are the, the, the best part of these two wines. Then can happen also that, uh, you know, in some vintages, some crew doesn't show, some MG8 doesn't show as we want, <coughs> then we blend this MG8 to the Castiglione. So we never go out with something for which we are not sure. Right. Of the quality. Right. We prefer not to, I mean, not to battle and not to make. Right. So Castiglione, I always is, say that is not our Barolo, basic Barolo. Basic Barolo is per bacco. Right. In 
you know, the in Castiglione our mind. Castiglione is, is already our flagship, right. our important, our, I mean, uh, I end face of Yeti for the Barolo. Because uh, how many more times you grab a battle of Castiglione versus a battle of uh, Rocche or Lazzarito or Castiglione needs to become for us the Barolo that people can drink more often. Right. While the single vineyard, maybe for the quantity of bottles available, for the price, of course, are kept for more special, important occasion. But we want Barolo not be only for special, important occasion. We want that people can... uh, Right, drink it. Drink it drink more it. often, maybe right. not every day. No, 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 but it should be an option Christmas, uh, that shouldn't be classified as just occasional yeah, or it's expensive. Exactly. Um, tell me two more things, then I want to subject you to our wine list and let's uh, taste a little wine. Two things. The wines on the shelves are very noticeable because of the labels, because mm-hmm. of the art. <clears throat> And each bottle is different. Yeah. What's the story on the art but on the label? The story behind this uh, is uh, goes <clears throat> sorry goes back uh, to almost um, fifty years ago, seventy one. Uh, my parents-in-law they have a good bunch of friends which were artists at that time, ah. and they loved to spend time around the table, drinking and eating. And one of these uh, artists, Gianni Gallo, one evening was uh, drinking an old bottle of Barolo and starting to contemplate this wine and say, oh my God, this is, not a, this is not a wine, this is an artwork, this is something very special, we need to do something for this bottle. Blah. And so he said, why not to dress uh, your bottle with uh, some artwork? At that time, uh, all the labels, uh, as uh, traditional in the region, were made uh, very classic, black and white, uh, name of the winery, name of the... Very serious. A little so, when he started to make this, uh, you know, artwork, original piece of artwork, without saying you have to do this or that by personal idea, when my parents-in-law, they saw this, they, they fell in love immediately. And so they started to use all this piece of art for the wines. And the no thing. one was doing that. No really. one at the t- was very shocking, actually. Yeah. It was the first. Like, what is this? Today is very common to see. You see a lot of funky labels now, time, right? Uh, my parents-in-law, my father-in-law said how many importers they called me that they were not able to sell the wines. Because, because of, of the, the label? Because Barolo is a serious wine. But times a, have changed, right? No, but at the time, how we can sell this yeah. wine with such a colorful label? Barolo is a serious wine. It's a classic wine. Yeah. We need to go back. And my parents-in-law, they say, no, these are the labels that we are going to use from now going on. And that's it. So we still use all the same label for the same wine since 1971. So Gianni Gallo is the artist that made most of them. Then we had Pietro Cascelle, another very important um, sculpture that made the Barbera d'Asti. And then... uh, for Darnais, which we have not talked about, which was which my is the, last uh, thing, very important was Lakovic, a Czechoslovakian uh, artist. artist. Basically, all of them uh, unfortunately passed away. Right. So we have the great uh, fortune to have, uh, you know, their name yes. uh, and their art lives on in, on the bottom. Exactly. So there is Villero changing every time the Villero is uh, made. So for the Villero, we have a different artist and the different original 
piece of art every time we do the Villair. This is the only label. Right, but it's not released every year. No. So you make it special with something. No. So let's talk about Arnais. Arnais okay. is a white wine. Yes. And it was about to almost become mm, extinct or ex- not yes, available exactly. or nobody cared. In the 60s. So what was Villette's hand? Villette <laughs> in- was because uh, among all these red wines, uh, and they were producing already Moscato. Moscato is uh, the white wine in our area that was already I mean, made by many and known. But he wanted to have a, a dry white wine. At that time in the 60s, the trend was to plant Sauvignon, Chardonnay, international varietal. My father-in-law has never been a, a huge fan, uh, personally, of international varietal, so he knew the existence of this very old uh, autochthon indigenous varietal that at that time was called Nebbio Bianc, white Nebbiolo, because was growing wild in the middle of Nebbiolo vineyards in the Roero region. The Roero region is uh, the northern part uh, the region, northern than Barolo and Barbaresco. R-O-E-R-O or R-O-E-R-O? R-O-E-R-O. R-O. Exactly. Roero. Roero. Right. So he knew the existence, but was very difficult to find some grapes because the few grapes, think about it, were less than 4,000 vines all over the region, were used to by the farmers to do or either some sweet wine in the way of the Moscato or blending with the red varietals to make a rosé wine. So very simple table rosé wine. So he wanted to find some grapes of this Nebbia Bianc, so was able in 67 to find some of them thanks to a priest in a village of, oh, really? uh, <laughs> of, uh, of the Roero area that uh, during the function a Sunday morning asked if there were some farmers <laughs> with some of these grapes available to sell to a friend coming from the Langa, no? coming from wow, the Barolo region. that's crazy. So one week later, the function, so the Sunday after, he was in front of the church and uh, more than 30 farmers arrived with a small quantity basket of these uh, grape varieties. Whatever they had. Whatever they had. <laughs> so he started to, with a very small quantity in 67 of these uh, white wine which uh, uh, became and is today one of the most, uh, I mean, popular white wine of the area. Uh, so he is considered one of the father, one of the see, pioneer in making really not kept, only... kept it going. Exactly. Not only the first white dry wine from the Arnais right. writer, but really to replant also because in 68 we replanted the very first vineyard so then everybody started to replant the vineyard today so the now region it's, is a, it's safe and abundant is is no is 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 no more abundant right. the production is quite uh, big there is a lot of right. Roerarnais DOCG because it became a DOCG wine and a lot of Langernais so today Arnais is really getting a lot of popularity more and more not only in Italy but uh, really around right. uh, around the world right. we will start with the new white wine we just started today to pick our uh, the experiment goes back uh, some years the what last kind of grape? the Timorasso Timorasso yes, grape. which is a very interesting uh, Was it grape. there or no, you planted the, it? No, no, it's in the Tortona region. Oh, okay. It's a different area. Different region. But very, very, you know, autochthon for the Piemonte and very interesting uh, varietal because uh, it's a varietal that has a great power of uh, aging in the wine. So When, 
when will next it? Next year. Next year? So the, we, uh, yes, sorry. Uh, we'll, January, February, the very first. We will do two Timorasso. Oh, not that far away. Is, uh, so that, that, that's something and to some look forward new, to. Some new entry in the following years for the Cru Barolos, for the MGA Barolo, because we will have the fortune to add Monvigliero. More property and create. See, we, we bought... Uh, a small part of Cerecchio, so we will have uh, a Cerecchio Barolo. Keep buying, keep making. And, uh, <laughs> and also we invested a lot in the Barbaresco area, so we will Which have is important. Uh, more Barbaresco Masseria with... Uh, so that's great news that yeah. you're expanding, quality stays the same, same, you're in the regions that are important to you. Plus, you're doing a few new things like the Timeros and all that. That's exciting. We'll tell people where to go if they want to find any uh, information. I want to ask you one last thing. In Barolo, you're a woman. Are, are there more women winemakers, more women owners? Um, are you seeing a growth in that? Yeah. And finally. <laughs> finally. Women will conquer oh, oh, the oh, world. Oh, no, sorry. Was I'm joking. It, no, I, no, I, I know. Well, has it been a disadvantage to be a woman no. in the region? I, in the, the old day? That, that's changing? Woman, uh, I mean, to be a woman in the old region, you have to think that uh, the, the, in the Barolo area, the, the family was more a matriarchale family, no? That's my point. Because, uh, because the woman was home but was doing everything and was, I mean, the, the, the man was working in the vineyard but the woman wo or everywhere else and the woman was taking care of uh, so the economy, no? The uh, I mean, in the, in the recent years, many more producers that have, uh, have women, have a girl, and so, thanks God, yes. uh, I think that... Probably uh, the, not the, enough, the but more. The, sorry? Probably not enough, not enough but more. But maybe more. But as knows? time goes by. But, uh, no, it's true. It's been always much more a man world. Just think about the enological school in Alba. In the past, they even do not didn't have any bathroom, sorry, right. for the women. <laughs> for the women. Terrible. My, my sister-in-law was one of the first to, to <laughs> really? start the enological school. That's and crazy. Not, see? see, that's my point. But I, I mean, think it gets 50 that... years ago, eh, 60, yeah. no, Still. less than say, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, when was. Still. And uh, I mean, today, no, if you go, of course, uh, if you go to the enological school, it's still... Uh, the percentage of men is higher than the girl, the but whole it's completely different Elena, from... the whole uh, industry still, you know. It's, see. It's nice to see. Um, you talked about Viette being five generations. You have kids. We have in kids. Their um, teens. Eh, who knows? Are they... <laughs> they are very You let them do what they want, see, but have they expressed interest or they, it's too they, early? As you, as you said, uh, we let them do as they want because they need maybe to they find... Come back. Uh, maybe they come back. Maybe they... need they to don't. find... Uh, they, uh, no, they both studying, still studying. They are very inter interested curious, they help, and this is already something, you know, they are, happy that we that's are happy, going but uh, from now to say, ah, they will do this, me and Luca, Can't we say. are not parents that impose anything. There are so many people that are doing what they do not like to do, and I think is uh, the worst of the world, because uh, to work is... Uh, 80% of your right. <laughs> journey. If you do, if you do something that you do not like, uh, it's a tragedy. You are miserable. So right. for me, whatever they want to do is uh, 
perfect. If they want to come, we are here. If they want that's to do good, something you're else, you're a good mom, I mean, and that's a good attitude. Uh, I'm happy to hear they that. They need to find their own path. As long as they do something that they well, like, well, it can be wine we'll, or can be something else. We'll check back with you and see uh, in time <laughs> of what happens. Changed. <laughs> all right, I want to subject you to our wine list. We ask all our guests. You're not going to escape this. Five questions about their wine preferences. Mm. Just whatever comes to mind. Don't mm. dwell on it. So what we ask everyone, like I said, the same questions. What are you drinking now? What are you tasting, trying? Uh, what's interesting you? What's in your fridge? What's on your table? What mm. do you like? Is it seasonal? But alors, every day, if we think about uh, wines of the region, of course, for me, is always uh, the Arnaise or the Dolcetto or the Barbera, the wines that I can uh, enjoy every day with the food. So the, uh, so that, uh, go beyond the region. Do you, yeah, behind do you, the region, but my love is, uh, sorry, for champagne. And okay, for <laughs> so you love champagne. Burgundy, so these are my passions. Okay, <laughs> so, you, so, so you, I can drink champagne uh, all the day long, uh, honestly. <laughs> any meal, any time. All right, do you have a favorite wine and food pairing? Not something you eat every day, every night, but is there mm. something that's just... You know, a great pairing for you. A great you. pairing for me. Yeah, uh, not not what a good pairing is, but what you like. What I like. What's ah, a good wine and food pairing? Uh, but I basically love Barbera. I mean, Alba especially because it's uh, more feminine and rounder with fish. Okay, so, so people some, don't think red with fish. See, but if you think about some sort of uh, heavier fish. Uh, like so, uh, salmon uh, or like uh, also the, the oil oh, and the heaviness yes. the Barbera is a good match the, the good acidity one. of the Barbera always helps it's not only a, a meat wine but what I like really probably one of the wine that I like uh, the most even if uh, all the rest I like but really the most versatile is uh, says always the Barbera in right. our thinking about our uh, all right, that's so, a good and one. I like very much uh, the Barbera with some uh, more fat uh, idea of uh, fish. All right. That's a good one. That could be a first for the show, Barbera and Fish. Um, usually we talk to people that are in the U.S. and we ask them their favorite wine restaurant and or bar, you know, a place that has great wine service. Those are, um, but in the area, you mean? I, I, I think let's stay in Barolo because mm. if anyone travels there and they wanted Madonna, to go to a no, good wine is, bar, a good this restaurant. Is, I mean, this is really difficult to answer. I don't so. want you to leave. So what's the best way because, to answer? What about because, New York? You have a place? Because, because, sorry, but uh, if you think about uh, when people ask me, where should I go in Barolo, in, in your area? I start to make a list of 20 places. See, that's why that's such <laughs> a difficult question. Really and then people difficult. are afraid they'll leave a friend out or mm. some a sommelier will leave someone out so if I have to so every day we use very very often the restaurant next door which is a great place and is a restaurant Le Torri because for me it's the second in Castiglione in Castiglione what's it called Le Torri restaurant is a very Good nice enough. nice family you have a loyalty there. but I mean this is, a, this is a, I one mean, I of can, many I can give you we have so many good places around and from the simple trattoria and if you think that we have so many star Michelin restaurants around, which is, uh, considering the region, uh, one of the highest number of star Michelin restaurants is uh, in the Barolo, right. uh, in Piemonte, specifically in the Barolo region. You know what? The quality, I, the level of food is very, I mean, high. And to, yes. to pick, uh, a, a, I mean, a place is I, always, I get uh, it. I get it. I may have to rethink that question. Um, 
All right. Well, let's move on. Do you have a favorite all-time wine? Do you have a wine that... And I always say this. I become repetitive. When I started the show, it used to be the rarest wines and the most expensive. It's not that anymore. It's the experience. See, it's experience. You know, the first bottle of champagne I ever tell, whatever. Is there a wine that is memorable or important? It doesn't have to be one. My, not, not because I have to go back to Vietti, sorry, but it's because fine. this was an important moment of my life when the first time I went to my parents-in-law house and Alfredo opened a 71 uh, rock for, for me. So for me, it's a you know, in my mind, seventy-one rocker for anybody a, would be a good I answer. I mean, it's, it's something. Now was seventy-one considered a good vintage? Yes, then or? It, was one, uh, it was one of the best. So the whole experience. That's why often because oh. it was my vintage, and so this was a memorable moment. But because oh, of the moment, also, no, first time I was uh, meeting. Uh, Luciano and Alfredo, so it was a, a kind of a big emotion all together. So. That's how you answer that question. See, that's an important wine. It was a good wine. Yeah. But that's it's an like, all-time wine. A, a, a no, there are a lot of other great wines, but when the story. But, uh, but you can uh, really have the less expensive bottles in the most memorable well, moment of Well, that's my next question. Uh, my next life. question is, and do your best in answering this, and if you want, stay within Bietti. I ask all my guests... Tell me the best wine that you could recommend around $15, $20 American retail. Um, but for me, it's is a, per bacco? Per bacco, sure. For the red? For the red, but also a, a, a simple, easy dolcetto, honestly, is a, a wine that, uh, as a Barbera, summer, Winter, you can is is the table so, wine, is the everyday wine because we B- need everyday Monte wine. Piedmonte Barolo plays well in that area. Uh, what about a white wine? But white wine. Uh, it doesn't I have mean, to be from the region. It can. Mm, no, but I personally like. You walk it. into a wine store in New York, fifteen twenty dollars. What's the best wine you could recommend? Uh, I could not stay in Timorasso because it's a little bit more expensive, uh, but. Mm, I don't know. White wine is more difficult than uh, for than people red. who make a lot of red wine than uh, than uh, than red because uh, love in Burgundy is do is difficult to find. Exactly to find uh, All right. some uh, we'll, some. We'll uh, leave it at that. All right. Good job on the wine list. All right, we're going to wrap this show up, Elena, and we always wrap it up with a segment called the Weekly Wine Sip, where it's fun to taste wine on the air, mm-hmm. and the best opportunity is to taste wine with the winemakers, and I appreciate um, the fact that you brought in some wine. So we're going to taste a 2016 Barbera de Alba, a Trevina. Tell me yes, a little uh, about this wine. I know, this is uh, one of our five Barberas, as I told you we have. Uh, with the name Trevigne, we identify blend of uh, three different vineyards. Um, oh, sorry. Not sorry. And um, so not, not to identify. Is say, it always the same three vineyards or it's see, three? Basically, yes, because most of the three vineyards comes from the Scarrone, which is also our single vineyard. But for the Scarrone, we use the oldest part of the vineyard. So... The 1918 planted vineyards becomes Scarrone Vigna Vecchia. The 1989 vineyard becomes Scarrone. And the vineyards of the Scarrone planted 15, 16 years ago, so more recently, uh, are used for the Trevigne. So in the Trevigne, there is uh, the 
highest part, the biggest part of the Scarrone, so again in the Barolo region, in Castiglione, very important site, very important exposure. Uh, two of the other vineyards are basically one in Monforte, mm. see part of uh, Monforte and part of Novello. So it's a, it's a blend of uh, three different generally the same with the biggest part of uh, Scarrone in Castiglione Falletto right. the soil of Scarrone in Castiglione Falletto right, so and this is uh, the what we like to call the first step no? to understand uh, what is the Barbera because uh, you need also an interesting price to propose to people to start to drink our right. wine as I told you they cannot start with the Scarone maybe, or, or they could, but the quantity of Scarone Vigna Vecchia is 3,000 bottles uh, every right. year. So <laughs> it's very tiny. Scarone is 10,000 bottles. So here we can have not a super huge production, but around 20,000 bottles that can allow right. us to start to propose Vietti. The color of the Barbera, you so see, is color, very deep, very intense. Typical, typical see, color. See. While deep, the Nebbiolo is lighter and a little bit on the orange. Uh, right. Here you see very deep, very purple, uh, more dark. So darker. quickly, you just said the Barbera is deeper, darker. The Barolo is a little lighter, a little L- orange tinge yes, around the Lighter in the, in the color. And, uh, right. So I let's. Mean, it's the, the, the characteristic. Tell me about the nose. Is there a but, typicity to Barolo? Is it the same or everything varies? What do no, you get on th- the nose? This is here? A, a fruit driven wine. So what you, find, you, you find much more red fruit, uh, uh, cherries. Uh, um, I mean, for me, it's always the cherries, one of the right. predominant uh, in taste and in nose uh, characteristic of uh, our Barbera. All right, let's Ooh. throw it over the tongue. Tell me mouthfeel first. But you feel the acidity, of course, because Barbera, as I told you, is a... Um, Great more, food wine see, with the acidity. more acidity, higher in acidity wine. Um, and I like the acidity in the wines. Also, the, the, the acidity is one of our reference point on all the wines because it helps also the wine to age and to last for... Uh, longer time and then I, I feel this kind of almost sweetness yes which is not sweet but is the elegance the refine uh, you do not have tannins here no you have basically just fruit and acidity but you have this persistent uh, taste of uh, you know red fruit uh, continuing to to stay in, in the palate. your mouth in the palate so the palate reflects but the nose not, a little exactly. with the red fruit it's not you aggressive. have acidity no you have not aggressive of, uh, you don't feel the alcohol uh, almost um, sweet <laughs> which is yeah. not a sweet wine but delicate no uh, yes um so on the palate red fruit cherries what else A little bit of uh, on the on the on the back, a little bit of the smoky. Yes, hmm? not overpowering, no, but a no, nice but nuance. Nice, nice uh, nuance. Um, question, because you brought up acidity. When you make wines and you make wines to age, this or any other wine, mm-hmm. these you should drink, you know, 
quicker than you age them as a Barolo. What's more important for ageability to Viete, acidity or tannins? Tannins needs to be very equilibrated, uh, very, very balanced, because, uh, and that's why it also depends on the system of vinification uh, you have. We are, uh, you know, much more on the traditional um, style, if we, right. if, we, if we can say. Not uh, a modern so style, we, more traditional. See, si, but then uh, I never like to talk about modernist or traditionalist. I mean, when the wine expresses the best you of make the terroir it the way you make it. and is good, uh, who cares uh, if it's like this Agreed. or like that? Any, any, any winemaker has a personal idea, personal history, and personal, uh, I mean... Uh, uh, believe in what is the best for him or herself. So that's all that matters. I think that acidity is really a great prerogative, and Barbera really can be express he, the acidity. See, but if if it comes from a vineyard that can be a great vineyard, a great position, and is worked in very you know quality level, etc., Barbera can be an extremely good wine for aging. And for me, like, one of the, uh, the, the, the best part of the Barbera, which I love, is the emotion that an old Barbera give me compared, sorry, to a Barolo. Because Barolo, when you open an old bottle of Barolo, you always expect something. Because Barolo, in people's mind, is a wine for aging. Uh, for aging long time, as long as you age, better become. And people, they are think that Barbera is a wine for aging. Barbera, if comes from great vineyards, great exposure, and made with great attention, can be really a magical wine for aging. And when you open an old bottle of Barbera, trust me, the emotion is even bigger than when you open a bottle of... Nice to uh, hear that. Of Barolo because uh, people they do not expect no and say oh my god That's this is nice a 25 30 years Barbera so is as the same power of aging as a Barolo yes not all the Barbera but uh, right the right stuff the, the, what do we pair this with what's a good pairing uh, this for, is whatever you want as I told you, you fish, said fish. <laughs> is but what else fish, is left Mm, but especially it's pretty versatile. The, pretty versatile. I think our Barbera Dassi is uh, really with the steak, uh, big steak. The acidity helps. The acidity, really it's, it's bold and clean rich. the palate with any kind of fat food you can have. Holds up well. Or you, can, uh, or, or you want to have. So that's so, the 2016 Barbera d'Alba, one of many, you know, from Viete. This is the Trevigna. But don't hesitate to try all of them. Eleanor, we have to wrap up. Um, we're drinking wine early in the morning. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I will go to the wine tasting. <laughs> now you're going to drink tasting, more. Eleanor's doing a, a portfolio <laughs> tasting. If you have a question, suggestion, wine happening, or event, hit me up at samatthegrapenation.com. That's Sam at the Grape Nation. Subscribe to the Grape Nation podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Facebook at The Grape Nation, on Instagram at SBenRuby and the hashtag The Grape Nation. On Twitter, it's at BenRuby. Um, as I mentioned throughout the show, we'll post Elena's wine list selections because people will be curious what you pick. And I will post our weekly wine sip, you know, what we tasted today, which is just one of the many uh, wines from Viette. Um, Elena, if we want to find out more about Viette wines. But our website uh, has a lot of information, uh, technical I've sheet about it. all. Uh, is a 
very update is yes. V-I-E-T-T-I. dot com. Now let's talk about social media. What if we want to follow you or the winery? Let's say Instagram. Vietti Winery is in Instagram. Okay, Facebook. Fe- uh, Facebook actually we do not have uh, okay so Instagram Viette Viette Winer is in Instagram then is uh, Luca which is uh, uh, Viette Vino right which is that's uh, Luca his personal one and what about you and is uh, mine is Elena Penna Currado Vietti all the last three names okay. <laughs> last, last names alright so if you want more info you can go to Viette.com there's and Facebook a... we actually just started few months ago and I oh, wait a moment I give you but uh, because using always uh, the no is uh, just so if you follow Vietti Vietti Winery also that's no, it yeah. that makes sense all right, I want to thank our guest, Elena. Thank you. Pena Corrado. Corrado. No, no, because I'm very proud of my last name, Pena. But Luca is Corrado Vietti, so right. sometimes he's. Uh... Elena, I want to thank you for sitting down with us, taking time from what is a busy, busy trip. Because when I asked yeah. you, you just got in, you're working today, and you're leaving very quickly and hitting the road. Um, so thank you for taking the time to sit with my us uh, for the Grape Nation. Thanks to our engineer, Jeet, and everyone at the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sam Ben Ruby, and you've been listening to the Grape Nation. Grape Nation is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.